there's a question I, I do want to ask you. Now, the message this morning is, what is truth for 2021? I'm going to see the I didn't get that graphics. Wow. It's like looking off into space somewhere. Now, I have a question for you. And that question is, how many of you are really glad that 2020 is coming to an end? Now, how many of you want to go through another 2020? Raise your hand. Wow, not one hand raised. That's shocking. Now, who doesn't, you know, want 2020 to end? The pandemic turned the whole world upside down. The economy was, well, disastrous. The politics went, I didn't even have a name for it anymore in, in, in the politics. As, as chaos erupted in our city streets and in our nation and, well, around the world. Now, if I would gather together 100 people and I would ask that, there's 100 people. Why did all this happen? I would, I would think that I would get 100 different answers. And, and the reason is, is that, well, we, the way that we interpret what's going on in our world is in the environment in which we live in. And, and we interpret by what we believe or what we don't believe. Our world has fallen into abyss of, well, fake news, fake science, fake justice, fake identity, fake websites, and fake truth. So, so what's true? And, and how do we know that it's true? And can that be trusted? Allow me to answer that with this little story. It's kind of cute. There was this little old nun who always wanted to minister in the Apache Reservation. So she had the opportunity to go up and to have a post there and to do so. She packed her little uh, meager uh, belongings and got in her old car and driving up to the reservation. She was so excited that she drove right past the last gas station for 100 miles and didn't look at her fuel tank, not realizing that it was empty. Within a mile, fortunately, she ran out of gas. So she remembered that gas station a mile back. She got out of the car, walked to that gas station. She told the, the station attendant her plight, what was going on. She didn't have a container. And he looked when he didn't have a container, and he says, wait a minute, let me look back in the shed. So he got out of the store and went back in the shed, and he's looking through, and he found an old, well, it was a, uh, a let me see, a, a old metal bedpan. Well, he goes, I don't know. So he brought it out to her, she goes, that'll work. So they put as much gas as they could in that bedpan, and then she walked very gently to her car. While she was there, she started pouring the gas into that car till she was almost completely done. And this truck driver came by. He stopped. He looked at this old nun pouring that gasoline into that, from that bedpan into the gas tank. 
And he said, lady, I wish I had your faith. Well, the answer to what we need in 2020 is enough faith. I want us to turn to Habakkuk 2.4. Now, I like that name. It's just like saying Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Now, we just don't name our kids Habakkuk. And, you know, H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. It's just, anybody have any relatives named that? Have No one. Does anybody know anybody with that name? No one. And, and do you know what that, that name, well, he was in 612 B.C., a prophet. His name means he that embraces or a wrestler. Hmm. So, so here's, here's what Habakkuk 2, 4 says from the New Living Translation. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. Wow. Is that today's news? But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Some translations, it says the righteous will live by faith. Now, we live in a world that needs some kind of hope for 2021. However, because that all the craziness of what is true or not true in 2020, even our faith sometimes is being challenged. In our journey, in our faith, we want some evidence, some substance. Well, listen to me, church, as we come to the close of 2020, entering into 2021, I have some great news for you that we do have some evidence. We do have some substance. And I say we have that. Not me, just as the pastor. Because if you would turn into Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 1. As you're turning in your Bibles, I'm going to wear your fingers out as you turn to those things. Because I love to be able to confirm God's word with God's word. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, in the Amplified Bible, it says this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. I like that. Of the things we hope for. Being the proof of the things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed in the senses. Very simply said in Hebrews 11.1 1 in the New King James Version says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is building your life on the fact that God is in control. No government, no political party, no big business, not the cyber world, and not any individual. God is in control, and God will fulfill his promises. Now, do you hear me? God is in control, and God will fulfill his promises. Now, look to the person beside you, here or at home, and say, you need to hear this, because we forget this stuff. Even when it doesn't, they don't see the promises manufacturing themselves, materializing at that moment, it 
is there. Now, now allow me to ask you the second question, my little survey. In the realm of faith, what is possible if God is involved? Hmm. I could hear the wheels turning. And Mark 9, 23 says, everything is possible for him who believes. That's us. Everything is possible to him who believes. Luke 1, 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. Say nothing is impossible with God. Now, one of my favorite books, and I love to read it out of the Amplified Bible. I'm not doing it at this moment, but it says this in Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. Now, write that down. Open Go find an app for the Amplified Bible because it gives all types of amazing adjectives in this. And it speaks volumes of that work that he is going to complete in us. You see, all that fakeness in the world depends upon us seeing it through the smokescreen, the illusion of the father of lies because he wants to discourage us. He wants to confuse us, and he definitely does not want us to be unified. This is why I call your attention to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I told you I'm going to base the truth of God's Word on the truth of God's Word, basing the facts upon the facts of His Word. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 calls us to walk by faith, not by sight. Not by sight. So what could happen in 2021 if we walk by faith? Now, Hebrews, I'm going to remind you now, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, those things hoped for and those things not seen does not mean that they do not exist. Now, look at each other. Just a second. Now, look around. You see each other. Now, you online, you can't see everyone. And those people that you can't see, obviously those who are a little more spread out, do you know that you over there, in the eyes of those people watching online, you don't exist because they don't see you. But you would beg their attention, say, wait a minute, I exist. I can pinch myself and say, ouch, because I exist. Well, I want you to know that faith is is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Just because I hope for it or I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, because it does. 2020 has beaten us down. So much that sometimes we focus more on 2020 than on 2021 because, well, we can't see it because of the smoke screen that we could remember. Well, I'm going to speak into your life this morning 
is about the steps that you need to take to have that bold faith and what it requires for us in 2021. Then I want to talk to you just for a moment about the results of taking those bold steps. What will happen? Then we're going to receive the communion. Now, has anybody not received a communion cup? Raise your hand. Anybody not receive it? Man, my team is doing a great job. Everybody has a cup. Good job. That's right. Give them a hand. I, you know, I appreciate the work of our great volunteers. So, bold faith in 2021 requires vision. Hmm. Now, I have a nephew, Zach. Zach is my, well, my great nephew. I'm telling you, he looks like Wayne Gretzky. Now, he did coach hockey in, in college. He played hockey in college. He even played semi-pro for a while. Now, Wayne Gretzky, they asked him, why are you so successful? And he simply said, I skate to where the puck is going to be. <laughs> you see, we've got to position ourselves. In 2021, I'm going to tell you about that bold faith, how you position yourself. Here's what I want to remind you of. God is always, always was and always will be with us. You here, you there online. Matthew 28, verse um, 20, the second part of that from the New Living Translation says, and be sure of this, and be sure of this. When the Word of God speaks to me and says, I want you to take notice, be sure of this. Why is he saying this? Because you need to hear this. You need to speak. Speak this into yourself. Those people beside you need to hear that. It's saying, be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age, of the age. Now, we're thinking, man, in this crazy world, if we're not coming to the end of this age, when are we? But he's with us. Now, in Psalms 16, verse 8, it says, I know. Don't you love the chest? I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know this. I have a secret. I know it. I know that. Oh, you don't know it. I know it. But this is something that we all could know because it's written in the Word of God to each and every one of us. It says, I know the Lord is always with me. I kind of like that because he didn't just say with us because sometimes he says with us you're going to say well yeah he's with everyone else but he's not with me but he's with me and I will not be shaken because I need to speak that out loud Satan can't read our minds did you know that? He reads our behaviors he understands how we act. He sees the history of mankind, and we repeat ourselves and our poor choices. And so he understands those habitual acts that we do, and he responds to that. Well, since he can't read my mind, 
He doesn't know what I'm thinking. So that's why when I read the word of God at times, I read it out loud. I want me to hear it. I want people around me to hear it. And I want the father of lies to hear it because I'm saying, you have already lost. When I say this, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. For he is right beside me. I, I love stories. I get stories from, from missionaries. And I read a story of a missionary that, that they were in an area that was very dangerous. The, the, the local tribe was going to, well, they re really didn't like the missionaries there. So they came with their spears and they were going to kill them. And, and the missionary family heard them coming. They're hiding in their, in their little hut. They're praying. They knew that they could not defend themselves because they were way outnumbered. They didn't have the weapons that they needed to defend themselves. They were going to die. They waited and they waited. They heard them. Then they heard the footprints not coming but leaving. They didn't know why. Over the period of time, as they continued to minister to that, that tribe, they come to find out from its leaders, they ask them, why didn't you finish the job? Why didn't you kill us? He says, we couldn't. He says, why couldn't you? Because we were outnumbered. We couldn't defend ourselves. What do you mean you were outnumbered? You had that whole hut surrounded with these giant men with these swords. <laughs> He's with me. He's with me. He's with you. Tell the person beside you. Tell the people at home, he's with you. Go ahead, tell them, because we need to hear it. Do you know that I love what I love about God? Well, everything. But I love the idea that God has vision or, or is given vision already. In the New King James Version in 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone, anyone, again, I love that. He's not saying to the prophets. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Anybody want to redo, overdo, or, or whatever it's called, you know, undo? Well, but here's our new, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The literal translation is all things are becoming new. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told, Tom, you're a piece of work. You know, I think that was a compliment. I don't know. I know. But, but, but the truth is, I am. I'm in a process of becoming, being conformed into his image. What I love about this is that not only does God have a, well, a plan, a vision for this church, but he has a plan and vision for each and every one of you here and there online. He has a vision for you, my friends. And here's what I don't want you to get all caught up in in 2021. And that is, I don't want us to be so overwhelmed. Boy, isn't that easy to happen? By 2020, that we miss out on what God has for us for 2021. You see, what could happen is that our memories 
for 2021 can become, I mean, 2020 can become bigger than our vision for 2021. And we are in trouble when that happens. Proverbs 29, 18 says this in the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Why? Because we have nothing to look forward to. There's no, no hope, no substance, no evidence. This verse is speaking specifically about that prophetic vision. And sometimes when we hear that, we think, oh, that prophetic vision, that's for you, preacher. But that's not true. He has a vision, a purpose for each and every one of us. Several years ago, I was reading a couple books. One of them was about dreams, and one of them was titled Dreams by Dr. Mark Rutland. Now, Dr. Rutland, wow. I know if you ever heard of him, look him up online. Watch the videos of his sermons. I don't care how long they are because he could preach an hour and a half and you would absolutely think it was 15 minutes. The man is a master of the word. Then the other book I read was The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson, a great book. Well, at that time, I was visiting someone in Mayo Hospital. I went to the room. They were getting tests done, so I decided I was going to wait for them to test to be over. They told me it wasn't going to be long. So I'm sitting there, and I saw in this patient beside them on the table was another book. The book was entitled Dreams by Tommy Barnett. So that's three books was directed my way to read, and I picked it up, and it says, uh, maybe you're trying to say something to me. And, and I want you to know something, church, is that even though that was several years ago, that vision, that desire, those dreams are still happening for the coming year. Just because it was then doesn't mean it's over now. He still has something to say and what he wants to do within our lives. Now, Sometimes, you know, I, I, we can say, okay, let's talk about these dreams. Well, that's a whole nother sermon. But I do want to talk to you about what God is saying. So how does God get that sense of that vision into our lives? Well, he does that through our thought life. You know, huh? Well, one, he, he invades our minds. I love the statement that I read or something year, several years ago, is that when eternity invades the present. That just blows my mind, even saying that. When the God of eternity, who knows all things, invades this present moment, whew, something is about to happen. It, it, it's like I told someone before the service. I, mean, I, was, I shouldn't say this because my wife's listening in, but I'm going to say it anyhow is that I was worshiping the Lord so much. I was so excited because it's like when I was in sports and that would be in the locker room and, and, and the coach would be just, just pumping us up. I, one time he got us so, so crazy excited about playing that game is that he goes, let's go. We went out. The door was locked. We ripped the door off of its hinges and threw it behind us. 
I'm driving in here. I've been praying early in the morning. I've been praying throughout the, throughout the drive. I pull in the parking lot. I'm excited for what God has to do. And I'm thinking, how did I get here? I do not remember the route. I took this cup away as I could go. I says, oh, Lord, thank you. Because uh, I was worshiping and praising him because I was so excited about what he was about to do this morning. I want you to know is that God wants to do something within our lives. So how do I do that? Because it was happening here. I wasn't even in the service yet. It was here. So he invades our minds by meditation. That's called prayer. By imagination, we go, oh, not imagination. No, yeah, by imagination, that's called being focused on spiritual matters. By illumination or revelation, that's the word of God that supports it all. By dreams, that is that subconscious, that's that thought life. I'm telling you, church, I cannot tell you how many multiple times that I'll wake up on a Sunday morning, get ready to come in, but that night God was speaking to me about something else, about my notes and what he has given me to share with you, and I start adding to it. Because he was speaking to me through my subconscious. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, Lord. Let's go do this. So 2021 needs vision casters, dreamers, people who are listening to God. I said this in the past. I should start asking it again and again and again in 2021. What's the Lord saying to you? Because when I say that to people, what's the Lord saying to you? They get this glassy look over their eyes. You mean God talks to me? Well, yeah, through his word, he's going to talk to you. I have never heard an audible voice of God. Man. But I'm telling you, when I read out loud, I hear an audible voice of God. He's speaking to me through his word. He has something to say to you about your life through his word. So he wants people who have a bold faith. For 2021, did you know that Jesus was a vision caster? He goes, duh, yeah, well, I know that. Well, I know that because this is what his word says. He said, look, lift up your eyes. The fields are white unto harvest. Man, there is a world to be reached with the message of Christ. Vision, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move this mountain. Didn't say a mountain, this mountain, because each and every one of us has a mountain in front of us that needs to be moved. It seems like it's impossible. I don't know what it is. It could be a thousand different mountains, but I do know is that if I have faith, it's just the size of a mustard seed that I could speak to that mountain, and that mountain will be moved. Because when I speak to that mountain, I speak to that mountain not about me, but of God. And what he is able to do, and that mountain is moved. And the third thing is to do. God said, go into all the world and make disciples. I love discipleship making. I love to see people being trained and developed. I love the Pastor Steve, what we had here this morning. Out of the seven people that was on this platform, three of them were our high school students. And that Brandon is going to be coming up near the end of the service, and he's just going to be playing in the background. How old are you, Brandon? 15 years old. We are birthday-in-laws. 
His birthday is March 5th. My birthday is March 5th. It's about a thousand years difference, but we're birthday-in-laws. You know. But you see, all of these things exist. Joseph had a dream that his family will be bowing down before him. It took several years for it to happen. But what did Joseph do in the meantime? He walked faithfully. He walked patiently. And could I say he walked boldly as God directed his life? Now, it didn't seem like it was working out that well because his brothers kind of um, didn't like him. They took him. They, they beat him. And they threw him in a the pit. They were going to really want to kill him. But here, here a caravan was going to come, and they sold him to this caravan. But remember, before he was in the pit, that caravan had already been on its way to Egypt. I, I hear today in a political rhetoric is that they're saying, help is on the way, help is on the way. Well, I don't know if it is or not, but I do know this. When God's word says, help is on the way, he already sent it. He already sent this caravan before Joseph was in the pit because he knew that Joseph needed that caravan. Then Joseph was thrown in the prison. Well, that's not good, but that's not bad either. You think, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, because God put him, well, with some people who were in prison with him. Now, that's really not good, but it's not bad either because there was a baker and, and, and there was a butler and a candlestick maker. No, there wasn't that in there. Right now. But that, that those two, well, they had a dream. And it was Joseph who was able to interpret that dream. Well, Something happened that two years later, the king had a dream, and he remembered Joseph. Knowing none of king's magicians or anybody could interpret his dream. So he said, hey, there's this dude. His name's Joey, and, and he's in the prison, and, and he is, you can, he's interpret dreams. Give it a chance. He called him up. He interpreted a dream. He went from the prison to the second most powerful man in all of Egypt in one moment. You see, <laughs> now get this. This is great. You see, the prison was the evidence of things not seen. You may not like what happened in 2020, but you are right where God is, well, could use you. We may not want to be there. And, and by the environment of the world we live in, you know, it's, it's we're left unto our own making of times. It's not that God gave us this pandemic. I don't believe that. But out of it, there we were. And God says, huh, I could use you there. Joseph was in prison. He goes, hey, um, I think God's thinking, you know, I think I could use you there. I'm going to put some people around you that will, well, it's going to catapult you into a position that you never dreamt that was possible. There are some things that have always been in existence, but man has only discovered them in the past several decades, but always been there. Only in recent years, a scientist discovered that everything we see is composed of invisible atoms. Scripture tells us 
that the things which are seen were not made of things which we, which do appear. Huh. Medical science has recently discovered that blood clotting in a newborn reaches its peak on the eighth day. And scripture says this. It says the Bible consistently says that the baby must be circumcised on the eighth day. Huh. A coincidence, huh? At the times when it was believed that the earth was so large, was large enough that, well, small enough, really, that it sat on the back of an animal or a giant. This is 1500 B.C. But Bible tells us that the earth floats free in space. He hangs the earth upon nothing in Job 26, 7. Then the prophet Isaiah comes and tells us that it is that um, it is he that sets upon the circle of the earth. Did you know that Christopher Columbus read the scripture that the earth was round on the severe? That's why he went out, because some people thought he would fall off something. But the scripture confirmed that it was circular. I want you to know something, church, that Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I don't acknowledge, give more uh, credence or whatever you want to give to anything around me that be more than I give to God, because everything changes. Don't, don't we know that in 2020? But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I'm saying is that the things hoped for and not seen are of God. The things hoped for, the things not seen are of God. He will provide the substance and he will provide the evidence. Trust in what God is showing us. Live a visionary faith boldly. Well, bold faith in 2021 requires courage. It's not only to know that vision, but the courage to be able to take it. If I want to fulfill that destiny in 2021, then I must act upon it. Let your you know, vision, well, be greater than your past. The Bible says in James 2, 26, as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So I, I, know, I know that faith can take a risk. It's not easy to step out by faith. It could frighten you a thousand times a day, but I want you to know that it works. Sometimes we want God to say, okay, I'm going to guarantee this then, then, then we'll say, okay, then I'll do it. But that's not faith. John um, Ortberg wrote a book entitled, If You Want to Get Out of the, um, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Got to Get Out of the Boat. You see, if you want faith, you got to put it to test. I'm not asking you to do foolish things. 
It's, it's like a guy came to me, well, several decades ago, and he says, oh, God, talk to me. He wants me to go to work in the streets of L.A. to reach out to those who are drug-infested. I said, that's great. Yeah, and he told me that I'm going to leave my wife and do that. I go, now, show me where in the Scripture that it says that you are to abandon your family. In fact, the Word says that if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. I don't know what that is because an infidel is an unbeliever. What's worse than that? You know, that that's an animal or something. I don't know what that is. So, so it has to be confirmed by the Word. So he's not asking us to do something that is unbiblical or foolish, but he's asking us to walk by faith. And, and when I walk by faith, there are three things that will take place. When it is revealed, you'll know that you know that it is of God. That's of the Spirit. Two, it must line up with Scripture, the Word of God. Confirm it. And it must be confirmed by godly counsel. He's never asked you to do this journey alone, my friend. Anything left unto itself dies. He wants us to be accountable to each other so that we have that confirmation. So if I'm going to have bold vision in 2021, I need vision, I need courage. Let me tell you what the results of that would be. See, the results of bold faith in 2021 is fruit. And that fruit, there's some benefits that come with that. Benefit number one is walking by faith generates enthusiasm. It may feel like 2020 has sucked the wind right out of your lungs, but I want you to know that when you walk by faith, there's excitement, is that there was excitement in my spirit about being in church today. I didn't know who was exactly going to be here. I didn't know what was going to happen exactly, but I knew that I knew I was excited because I knew that he was going to be with us. So that it builds, creates that excitement. In that third song, there was there was that beat. It was boom, 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 boom. I don't know if it was the beat of the drum or the beat of my heart, because it was quickening. Man, I was excited about what God wanted to do. I felt like a racehorse locked up in that little cage, waiting for that gate to open. I was thinking, I love to worship, but I was saying. Get it done. Get it done. I want to get up there. You know, because I knew the burning within my stomach that there was a word of the Lord to this congregation. Now listen, church. He wants us to walk in enthusiasm. We think, can I do that? We may even think, can he do that? But when we try something big, something huge, and something bold, that God will always show up because you see, there's always another way to live, a better way to live, a bolder way to live, and a more fulfilled way to live when we walk in faith. In reality, it's our job to attempt something that is so big, if God doesn't show up, we're surely going to fail. And that's because, well, number two, walking by faith stimulates prayer, stimulates, stimulus. I'm waiting for the stimulus. Aren't we all waiting for the stimulus, you know? Is it 600? Is it 2,000? Is it a buck and a half? I don't know what it's going to be. You know? But I know there's a stimulus 
that has already been given to us. Matthew 17, 20 says this. He replied, because you have little faith, truly I tell you, if you have that faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. For nothing will be impossible for you. You see, if, if I'm going to have be stimulated to pray, and that vision that God, if my vision is the size of an anthill, I don't need much effort. I just not enough stimulation to be able to pray because I could just kick that with my feet, the human effort. But if it is bigger than me, I am motivated to get on my knees and begin to seek his face and know that he's about to do something. Benefit number three is walking by faith motivates sacrifice. Nothing ever happens truly great without some kind of sacrifice. Well, you know, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Now, it is praise. You know, Paul and Silas had that sacrifice of praise. They could have been singing, oh me, oh my, you know, some country song, you know, everything left me, you know. And, but they began to praise the Lord. It was a sacrifice of praise, I'm sure, because they didn't feel like it. But as they gave that praise, God, well, I would want to say he showed up, but he was already there. He revealed himself. And things started to literally shake. You see, yes, it's going to be sacrifice. But when you discipline yourself, that bring that sacrifice of praise, to bring that sacrifice and be obedient to the word. He's never said it was going to be easy, but he said it was going to be successful. So walk in that, well, motivation. That, that desire of sacrifice. And here's, here's what I come to believe. And if it's not here, it's there. There is those in, in Hebrews 11, that great book of faith, is that there are some who did not receive the promise. But the scripture says, but for a better resurrection. Because the moment we're in the presence of God, we're going to say, it was worth it. It was worth it. It is worth it. Man. I can't imagine what it was like for Stephen when he was being stoned. <laughs> he saw Jesus, the Son of God, standing. He's, you, know, you can speculate anything you want. I let my imagination run. I'm thinking he's seeing Stephen and he's saying, that a boy, come on home. And all of a sudden, the pain of the stones, the purity of heaven, and he is there worshiping the Lord in all of his glory. Benefit number four is walking by faith produces harmony. You see, the soldiers in a barracks, they can bitter, you know, they, they argue with each other. But when they're in a foxhole, there's unity because they depend upon themselves, each other. And, and, and that depending upon each other, church, I want you to know that you're not battling against flesh and blood, the powers and principalities. We are in a warfare. And God knew that we needed that unity with each other. Jesus prayed for that unity in, in John 17. In Matthew 18, 19, that prayer of agreement 
knows no limit in its ability to release God's power. Knows no limit. In Acts 4, 32, out of the Amplified Bible, it says, the company of believers were of one heart and one soul. You see, the Holy Spirit was able to fill that place because they were in that agreement. When we walk in that agreement, God wants to do something in 2021 because we are in this journey together. We are in this walk together. We may not be able to give each other exactly what they may need, but we could give each other ourselves that support, that prayer, that unity. We're going to do this. You're going to get through this. God is going to work all things together because we are in this together. We need to speak this into each other together. He has called us to do this in the power of agreement. In closing, Dwight L. Moody said this, a road is yet to see what God can do through a few people who are totally sold out to him. He just wanted a few people. My prayer for 2021 is that we can walk well by faith walking people, faith walking people who are totally sold out in that bold faith in which we have in what God is doing. Listen to this, church. And 1 John 5, 4 says, for everyone born of God. It doesn't say for some. It doesn't say for elite. It doesn't say for the upper echelon. It doesn't say for the 1%. It says for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. We are overcomers. You are victorious. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome in the world. What is this? Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. It is not in the faith in me. It is not in the faith in anything else. It is the faith that we have in the Son of the living God. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Church, I believe with all my heart that this bold faith that God has called us to live is actually living in Christ, Emmanuel, he is with us, Christ within me. You see, he's called us to come together for that unity. We could have communion as individuals, and that's good. I encourage that, but I also encourage it that we have it together as a body of believers. Because, you see, what the truth is for 2021 is that our faith is in the resurrected Christ. If you want evidence, and if you want that assurance, if you want that substance, here it is. 
Now, this is a symbol of what I'm talking about, but here it is. Christ crucified. Christ crucified. Because you see, in the book of Revelation, during that tribulation period, there's 144,000 Jews who are preaching, who can't be touched. And they're not preaching, straighten yourself out. They're preaching, Christ crucified. Man, if that was important for then, isn't it important for today, Christ crucified, that he was crucified and that he rose again? This is the truth in which he has for each and every one of us. Someone has to stand, would you please? Thank you, Brandon. I love our students. This is evidence. I can't wait to see what 2021, 25, or whatever. I just can't wait to see what God is going to do with Brandon tomorrow. Because that's evidence. And 1 Corinthians 11, 23 says, For I received, I received. You you could take this, put it in one hand, and maybe switch it to the other hand, because I'm receiving this, you know. Let it be visual. I received from the Lord himself that instruction, which I pass on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on that night in which he was betrayed, boy, that's a 2020 experience. Not a very good day which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, for what I have. It wasn't a big, giant meal. It was bread and juice, wine. It says, and then he prayed to give thanks, and he broke it, and he said, this is, represents my body, which has been offered as a sacrifice to you. Do this affectionately. Remember me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant ratified and established in my blood. The evidence the substance. Then do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are symbolically proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. I know you're coming, Lord. So then, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him, he will be guilty of profaning the sin, sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Don't run out. Stay here. But a person must prayerfully examine himself and his relationship to Christ. He didn't say, okay, 
Go out, clean yourself up, come back. He says, examine yourself in your relationship with him. And only when he has done so should he eat of that bread and drink of this cup. So this is where we have a talk, God and I. So could we do that just for a moment? Could you bow your heads in prayer? Good morning, Lord. This is Tom and the rest of your kids. We've gathered together here in your house, which you have established, to remember what you have done. And this morning, we are examining ourselves because we need to do that from time to time, maybe more often than we think. But we're doing that this morning. And I know, Lord, that there's not one of us who live here in this world that we live in perfectly. We are a work in process. You are conforming us to your image. So, so what I ask this morning to each and every one of you who are hearing my voice here in the sanctuary and there online, what I ask of you is to examine yourself. And if there is a, well, a little pricking of your heart, there's that little bit of conviction that is coming, or a lot. That's the Holy Spirit saying, we've got a work to do. But he's saying we have a work to do because the work of which he has begun, he will bring to his completion. Remember, we're in this together with him. So he said, can we do this together? Would you allow me to do that? Would you take that bold faith, that risk, to invite me to come in? If you do that, the only thing you need to say is, Lord, I could do a better job. Well, I want to do a brand new job. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And let's walk in this journey together. And if you have done that, I have the good news for you. Is that you stand before him. That he sees you through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want you to know you are beautiful to him this morning. We thank you, Lord, for that acceptance and that love. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This bread is a symbol of his body that has been broken for us. We proclaim it as healing because there's those here in the sanctuary and there online that need healing. And we have family members that need healing, that need a miracle this day. He's the same yesterday, today, and today and forever. So why not? Because nothing's impossible for him. And not only physically, it could be spiritually. You've been broken spiritually. God wants to do a fresh new work. It could be financially. God wants to bring restoration. It could be emotionally. God wants, well, to finish that job conforming him you into his image he's good at it so heavenly father we hold this wafer as a symbol of that restoring work in jesus name we pray amen you may partake mm. this juice is a symbol of his blood that has been shed for us. <laughs> I've said this before, but I love to say it, and I'll say it again, so bear with me. 
is, is that, that growing up, I uh, come from a dysfunctional family. Dad was an alcoholic all of his life. And, and there was those times that, that well, well, not until the last two years, out of the faithfulness of my mother, that little five-foot Hungarian woman, you know, I always said she had a drug problem, drugged me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every revival. Her faithfulness, my father came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior at the young age of, well, he died at 64. But I always thought, wow, I have so many of my friends, my colleagues. Their dad was a preacher. Their grandfather was a preacher. Their great-grandfather was a preacher. My dad was a drunk. My grandfather was a drunk. I didn't know about my great-grandfather. The Lord says, whose image are you made in? I have been a transfusion taking place when I invited Jesus into my life of that blood of Christ. I am conformed into his image. I love my family. I have loved my dad. I love you. But it's he who conforms us. And I celebrate that this morning. Because not only is he doing that, but he's done that in your life in the past, but some of you today, and some of you is going to be your family and friends. And we're going to declare that. Because 2021, I have bold, great faith for what God has for us. So Heavenly Father, we drink this juice as a symbol of your blood that has done a cleansing by your stripes. We were made whole. Lord, continue to do that in us. And we will continue to walk boldly in the faith of trusting who you are within us. In Jesus' name.